I get so emotional thinking about it and talking about it because this is like my life. Yeah. This is what I want and all, all I want to do is connect. I love connecting with people yeah. and to be able to connect with them and create pieces for them that they're going to have forever and be part of their story and their journey. Like, like forever pieces. Forever pieces. That's Catherine Denton. She's a content creator, premium brand influencer and now female founder of Melbourne-based fine jewellery brand, Catherine Denton Jewelry, or as she calls it, KDJ. This chat was so much fun and hearing how hard she's worked over the past two years to firmly plant herself in the Australian fashion industry is seriously inspiring. I love the way that she approaches business, sees competitors, and the love fest at the end that we created over KDJ. You guys will listen and just be like, what? (laughs) This is what success looks like, guys, and it absolutely blew me away. I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land which this podcast was recorded on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Welcome to Process the Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Thomas, social strategist, motion director, and founder of production company Cinematom. Process is your home of creativity, where we go under the hood with the Australian and even the world's creme de la creme of working creatives to hear about their unique creative process. This week is a very special one, so make sure that you dive into those show notes. Not only is Catherine launching KDJ in the coming weeks, I am launching Text Talk Beta, which you guys are going to hear way more about at the end of this episode. But since Process is still a baby, if you love this episode, I would love for you guys to share it with a friend, subscribe, or better yet, leave a review. I work full-time not doing podcasting, so Process is still a passion project. We need all the love that we can get. Let's dive in. It's funny how you've known Louis longer than I've known Louis. Yes, I've known Louis, your husband, which is so random, but everyone's getting married, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> Louis and I have been very, very good friends since we were 14. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Instead of you guys, were really, you guys have known each other forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Like Louis is the kind of person that I would drop everything for despite not having seen him for a year. 100%. And he's the type of person that would do the same. For you, I or for anyone. adore him and I love his family. How good are they? Pip. Oh, she's the best. You have married into I've one of, out. Yeah, oh my I've God, she's the best. In our wedding speech, I remember being like, what did I say? It was only two years ago now, but I said something like, you know, I'm so lucky for finding Louis, but I'm even luckier because yes. <laughs> they're just the best. Like yes, everyone, 100%. aunties, uncles, all yeah. the cousins, obviously his immediate family, his brothers, his parents. Yes. Just the best. So I had a, my first production company was with Nick Denton, his cousin. You're joking. Yes, we had a production company as soon as I moved home from New York called Patch Adams and oh Nick God, and I, I started that. it and it was just so fun and yeah. we became like little miff darlings and did all these <laughs> short films and stuff but Nick on screen is like He's amazing. nothing else. He's amazing. So we did that together and then it was also like the start of the Me Too movement and I was like, I want to do something just on my own with the gals. Right, yeah. And then I branched out and then that's when I started doing fashion and stuff and then Nick started auditioning for stuff in the States yeah. and we like met a fork in the road and we're like, what are we doing? What are we? <laughs> yes, but anyway, I, the Dentons, mm. oh, chef's kiss, them. what a time. <laughs> I love them. You and I met in COVID because you came to the lobby. Oh, my God. And that iconic photo of you guys bashing. <laughs> There was I so I ran a bar for context, everyone. I ran a bar out of my parents' hotel in COVID with a friend of mine. And 
um, I had like a 35 millimeter black and white camera that I was rolling around with. And that was like the social media kind of like vibe of it because yeah. it was in the COVID when Melbourne only opened up for six weeks. So it was very like prohibition <laughs> era. And basically it was someone's birthday or something was going on. And you I guys just remember. did a really good smooch. And I think I hit click on the camera yeah. at the most perfect time. And it's just the best. It's the best photo. I need shot. to find that. It's on the lobby. It's that. there. Yeah. And it just made the whole vibe look so spicy. Like people get up to no good. And then we met and then COVID because like we didn't socialize during COVID yeah, obviously. Yeah. And then next minute you're married to Louis. <laughs> like, oh wow. Okay. That happened. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't mess around. <laughs> now I feel like we're both in the same industry. So now we're just hanging out. A hundred percent. But so you and crazy. I haven't actually like Chatted. Hung out. But we did before we were chatting for 20 minutes. We had a full fucking yarn, but I feel I like we should have just recorded it. We anyway, I am so excited for you. So, in COVID, I know that you developed your basically your brand, mm. your personal brand on TikTok. Yeah. Talk me through mm, for people that don't know you now, yeah. you're killing it. I feel like you <laughs> have you. established yourself. I'm not just going to say like influencer, I would definitely say that you are a luxury in that space, but it's a marvel to me how you've actually done that because <laughs> I've never seen a strategy so, like you'd never, you didn't have an awkward phase. You don't you, think so? No. Oh, my God, I look back no. on videos and I was like, oh, my goodness. No, I think you just curated for the end. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a really entrepreneurial book that's like um, start at the end kind of saying and you like basically start something to sell it and everything you do is like in order for the sale to come at the end so that you get the highest ticket price or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you reverse engineered the fuck out of the Australian industry in terms of that and that I've so nice never seen anyone do that, that before. So nice. They all had really awkward phases when everyone was like, like yeah. Instagram 2011, like yeah, what? 2011, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a marvel and then you've gotten yourself into Max Connectors, yeah. which is like the fucking creme de la creme. Well, it's funny because obviously while I was doing all of this, I had agencies reach out and Max Connectors was one of them. Yeah. And I had, I didn't know anything. Like I didn't know anything about the industry. I didn't know, I didn't even know who Max Connectors was. Mm. I didn't know anyone. And I remember just taking meetings with everyone because I wasn't actually going to sign with anyone initially because I thought I can do this. It's yeah. just an email. Let me tell you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I could not do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just felt connected to Max Connectors and Chelsea, who's my agent now and has been from the beginning. We just like got along instantly mm. and, you know, I definitely think that because of being with them and especially being with her, like she hustles mm. for me and I don't think I would have worked with some of these brands without her help. I mean, obviously, ultimately they're working with me because it's me, mm. but to get myself even in the door with them, yeah. I really think she has really done such an amazing job. Mm. So I can't take all the credit. But when you started, mm-hmm. so take me back to 2021. COVID. <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to make TikTok. <laughs> like what was literal day one when you were like, I'm going to make a fun thing? So I have to give credit where credit is due. Louis actually forced me to get on TikTok. So what was happening, it was 2021 and we were still in lockdown here in Melbourne, yeah. unlike the rest of the world that were living the best life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> I was on TikTok day to night. I wasn't posting anything. Like I was user 
three eight five seven six. I didn't have a username. I had like no DP. I looked like a bot. <laughs> and Louis was like, you're spending so much time on TikTok. I wasn't even posting on Instagram. I wasn't even looking on Instagram because I just wasn't feeling inspired. And I just loved watching. I was just following girls that were vlogging their everyday life. Yeah. That were sort of back into life but slowly moving out of that slow life from COVID to sort of getting mm. back into it. And aesthetic vibes. I really liked it. And Louis liked me, why don't you just start posting on TikTok? And I'm like, oh. You, I would never. I would never. <laughs> I could never do something like that. And he goes, I don't understand why you think, like, why you wouldn't. I was like, what am I going to post about? I'm locked up in my apartment. I can't do anything, nothing like that. And he goes, I just think you should. Anyway, I sat on it for six months and we were in the thick of it now. And I was just like, I am so bored and creatively I'm so like, dead in the brain yeah. that I just had to do something. I was working as a diamond consultant at the time and, you know, I wasn't going into the office because obviously we weren't deemed as like essential. An essential. Diamonds are not essential. I, mean, I think diamonds are essential. <laughs> I think they're very essential but apparently not to the government. Anyway. <laughs> um, and I remember I got put down to like two days a week at, from working from home. So oh, I was doing virtual consultations. Like, yes. I had so much time on my hands. And Louis's business is deemed as an, as an essential business. So he was going into work because they were making hand sanitizers and things like yes. that. So I was at home twiddling my thumbs by myself just watching TikToks. And I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to post it. My first TikTok was of Louis flipping a pancake on a Sunday because I was like, I don't know what to post. Anyway, I think it got like 10 views or something. And it sort of like ripped the Band-Aid off yeah. because no one was posting on TikTok. Like at the – sorry, not no one in the world. Like a lot of people were posting. But in terms of people in Melbourne posting lifestyle content mm -hmm. and vlogs, like there weren't many people posting. It was posting. not evolved. Yeah. It was not evolved. It wasn't a vibe. TikTok for us, well, I can only speak for my friendship group circle mm. that it was more like people dancing and yes. younger kids and things it was like gagsy. that. Yeah. Mm. It was like a bit of fun and you'd watch cats licking each other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not that I'd watch that stuff. <laughs> take that out. Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> random, yeah. random stuff like that. And so, and I think the reason why I wasn't so nervous to start posting because I was nervous. Mm. I was like, oh, my God, what's everyone going to think? I think because we were in COVID and I wasn't running into anyone. Like I wasn't – we weren't going out on a Friday night. You know, I wasn't going to Alberts or whatever for a while. Yeah. I don't think Alberts was a thing then. No. But I wasn't going to places where I'd run into people that I know mm. for them to say anything. Not that someone – I highly doubt someone would say something to my face, mm. but – I don't know. I just felt like a little bit removed from all of that. Mm. I felt like I was protected in my own home. I could post whatever I want. So then I started posting and it gave me a purpose because I obviously didn't have any purpose during COVID. I was only working two days a week and yeah. I was, work was very slow. And now I was like, oh, I'm going to film this kind of video tomorrow. And like, gave me something like a little passion project and then it made me want to get up in the morning, made me want to put on a cute outfit, it made me want to do my makeup, do my hair, all things that I love to do yeah. and do every day. Even though I work from home, I still like to put on a cute fit. Not always makeup every day, but it just makes me feel good. When mm. I look good, I feel good, right? Yeah. I'm such a Libra, <laughs> textbook Libra. And so I just started posting. I didn't tell any of my friends. 
not one. I obviously didn't cross promote it on my Instagram because I didn't really have any followers yeah. on Instagram. And I remember I started with zero followers. My first like viral TikTok was making that Emily Mariko salmon dish. Remember when she made yeah. that salmon? I remade it. That went viral, but I didn't really gain any traction because it wasn't really the content I posted. Mm. It was when my first viral, viral video was when Louis surprised me for my birthday or something mm-hmm. and we had just gotten engaged. Well, we hadn't just gotten engaged, which was quite a while away. It was coming up to our wedding and it was like my fiancé told me to wait in bed. He has a surprise for me to my birthday and then it like clicked to like the surprise and that went completely viral and I feel like, that was sort of the first video that kind of put me on the mm. map and kind of made my friends realise I was posting on TikTok yeah. because before that, like I started with zero, like mm. I didn't have any followers or anything like that. Um, and that's sort of how it started. And then my wedding is when it just took off. Yes. I went from like 6,000 followers to 30,000 followers. Also happened to Sophia Ritchie. And Sophia Ritchie. <laughs> Weddings, guys. <laughs> Wedding time. Get married. Get married and post about it on social media. <laughs> Which is so funny because our wedding, like our wedding was amazing. It was beautiful. But I think like if I ever, if we were to ever redo our vows or get remarried for the fun of it, we'd definitely do something smaller. But, you know, if, you had, if I didn't have a small wedding, maybe I wouldn't be here today because of that sort of, mm. I don't know, launch of my TikTok career, I guess. I can't believe the wedding did it. That was a wedding. It was the wedding, which still People blows my mind. Shit. People love a wedding, which is so funny because I don't really like wedding content. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, like, I look at my wedding content, I'm like, oh my God, amazing memories. But I don't, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, it's a beautiful time for everyone, obviously. Like, I love what comes before the wedding. Mm. You know, like all the, I love seeing how people organize their wedding, seeing how they do their dress. And I love the process mm. of a wedding. Like I love seeing how they pick out their jewelry for their day or design their engagement ring or what the story is behind that. Yeah. But in terms of like wedding on the day, wedding content on TikTok, it's not something I really consume much. So when I saw it go so viral on mine, I was so confused because I was like, oh my God, do people actually like this? Like, what do I do now? I do I become a. <laughs> Is that like horse Do I call that? <laughs> so where did it come into the piece where you were like, hang on a second, let's make a plan. Let's like curate what we're doing. After the first viral TikTok, yeah. I was like, okay, there's something here um, in terms of people actually do want to see mm. what I'm posting about because when I first posted, I was like, who cares about me? Mm. Who am I? Why does anyone care what I wear, what beauty products I like? I was just like not – I just didn't think anyone would care. When when you go from Pancake Flipping Louis to Viral Salmon Video yeah. to Wedding, what time <laughs> duration is that? I think that was like oh, four months. And so when did you start to be like – like? When did I start to be like, okay, this is something? Yeah, something where you're like, oh, wait, I'm not going to talk about that brand because I don't actually want to like work for that brand. Or like when did you start to be like, this could be my career, so let's start thinking more strategically? Well, I think I'm like that anyway Yeah, as a person. Not like a super strategic person, but in terms of like working with brands or things that I wear, things that I buy, I am so picky like my mom says it's impossible to buy you anything like I can't Mm. remember last time she bought me a gift she'll just be like 
yeah, we'll go shopping together. Like in terms of like surprising me with something because yeah. she's like, I can't. Like for me, I can appreciate so many things. Like for example, let's talk about fashion. I can appreciate so many brands and I can look at things and be like, okay, this is such a great fit. This is a great cut. I love that texture of the fabric, but mm. I would never wear that. Mm. And or if I look at like a skincare brand, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a great formula, but I don't need that. It's not suitable for my skin type. I've just always thought of things every day in my life like that, even when it's buying like homewares or <laughs> eating food or choosing a restaurant. I'm so particular in what I do. And I sort of feel bad for Louis because I am a fucking nightmare, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he'll be like, I don't understand. You said you wanted that back five months ago. And I'm like, yeah, I said I liked it. I don't want it, you know. <laughs> Um, like I just, I'm just that kind of person. So it was, it only made sense that when I say yes or no to brands that I work with that I'm picky like that. Mm. So I think it was just a natural thing for me. And, you know, I look back on all the brand deals I've had and everyone I've worked with and I can hand on my heart say there's not one brand that I well, one, regret working with, or two, don't think it aligns with me. Mm. And I think that's why maybe I have such a strong personal brand. It's because I'm so pedantic mm. on who I do and don't work with. Yeah. And not because I think I'm better than that brand or something. It just does not align with me. Mm. And I always think long-term when saying yes to a brand deal. And I always thought long-term when starting TikTok because I was like, what's my goal here? Who am I? Mm. You know, and I also think I have this advantage that I am in my late 20s, so I do have sort of a grasp on who I am. I'm mm. quite a self-aware person. I know my flaws <laughs> and I know my strengths, <laughs> you know. Um, so I feel like I'm very self-aware in that way and I think that has given me sort of just, I don't know, not a leg up, but it's really helped me when choosing who to work with and how to be strategic with building my personal brand. I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that want to start a personal brand. Yeah. So when did you begin to think about the personal brand and how did you actually start it? Um, after the first video I posted, like with my face in it. So probably the first video after that pancake flipping video. Yeah. I just think that like I think so long-term with social media yeah. because I think every, everything you post on the internet is there. Mm. And it's going to be there for a very long time and people dig it up and they'll find it. And that, like, that's crazy to think. And it's very hard to make mistakes when you're online and, you know, people people don't realise that you're human and you actually do make mistakes. Mm. So whenever I posted from that day and I was like, okay, I'm doing this properly, I just thought in 10 years, like, am I going to cringe at myself for saying that? Or is Mm. this the right way to say this? Or do I really want to work with this brand? Am I just working for it for the money? Like, and I just sort of tried to look at my values internally and just make sure that every video I posted, they aligned with those values. So I think if you are wanting to start a personal brand, try and know your values Mm. And know, you know, the type of person you are and who you want to be, even if you're not that person yet, right? Mm. It's all about we're constantly growing and evolving into our future self and who we want to be and who that woman is or who that male is or whoever it is. And I always think of myself in like 10 years' time. I'm always like, would Catherine in 10 years do this? Or would Catherine in 10 years, Mm. you know, 
do that. I mean, of course I'm not, I don't get it right all the time, but I try and just tap into my future self and be like, is this something you'd be proud of looking back on your career and how you chose to work with the brand or not? So yeah. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I've, I I think maybe trying to look at it like that mm. and also just being really true to yourself. If you're true to yourself the whole way, then you like you can't really lose because that's who you are. How did you decide what to post? Like did you like work out your brand pillars? Like I post this, this, this and this and then we'll do that on the rotation. I posted what I felt like posting. Mm. I didn't really have a like a strategy with posts. Probably should have. I feel like you either do or you don't as a creator mm. um, and I don't which sometimes it's good but sometimes it's bad because I feel like on days where I don't want to film and I don't want to post, I physically can't put up content. Mm. I just can't do that. Whereas I feel like some people can do that and I really wish I was like that but mm. I just can't do it. So I think I, I think sometimes it's good to just take a break as well. It's mm. okay to take breaks. I feel like there's so much noise about how you have to post every single day. Yeah. I have to post like – three or five TikToks every day. I mean, of course, when you're starting to build in those early stages, it's great. The more content, the better. But if you're consistent, like if you can tell yourself, I want to post five videos a week, that's great. Maybe Mm. you don't want to post for two days, but then you post a couple more on other days. Just find something that works for you and your routine because everyone has a different routine, right? Mm. And I just started posting things that I liked creating. So I really mm-hmm. liked creating like aesthetic vlogs where I just take little short clips of just parts of my day and then mash it all together and post it. Um, that's what I really enjoyed creating. So, and then I enjoyed creating like outfit of the days. Yes. And then I just, it kind of evolves and you find out what your audience or your audience likes as well. You know, I like to now because it's a very big part of, my business. I obviously have two businesses now, Mm. but it's still my main business. I do post what the majority likes as well. So Mm. for example, we were away for six weeks recently and I was posting like videos of the pyramids and I'd get like 30,000 views. And then I'd post like a shopping unboxing vlog and I'd get like 200,000 views (laughs) and like (laughs) give the people a hundred comments (laughs) and like, I was just like, okay, was yeah. if this is what you guys want to see, I will show you. So when you sort of move into it as a business, because I'm very entrepreneurial, business-minded, yeah. and also I've worked, been working full-time for like eight years mm. for somebody else. I've had a lot of responsibilities. You know, you have to be at the office at 8.30 a.m., you know, Yeah, the work like ethic that. is there. The work ethic, like it's there. So for me, when I started doing TikTok and social media, I was just like, this is your job. Mm. Take it seriously, you know, be nice to everyone and just be as authentic as you possibly can. Don't listen to the white noise and just keep on pushing. Mm. Very, very good advice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we go to the same hair salon in Paran, Windsor. I think it's Fran. Yeah. Salon Mace. Shout out to Felicity. She's an absolute legend. Um, She told me off the cuff one day that you are the most professional person she works with in terms of who's in front of the camera. And she's just like, can't fault her. She's incredible. Like always just on. And I get that and I see it. And it's a true testament to your success because you can tell. Thank you. I'm so new. I'm still so Mm. new. It feels like I've been in the industry for years now, but I'm still so new. I only started posting in 2021. I've only been doing this full time for a year and a half. 
So I'm still, I consider myself still new to the industry, even though social media is so quick and there's always new creators Mm. coming up. There's always new people. I still feel new. And I think that I was nervous because I was like, no one knows me. No one's going to want to work with me. They all have, not their favourites, but they've all Mm. been working with so many already original creators that have been in the industry for years and years, like as if they're going to want to work with me. But, you know, they do and they love new creators and that's just my own insecurity saying that's, that in I my head. I think that's straight up imposter syndrome. It's just imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. even I have that. It's exactly. like why would you want to hire me when you can hire somebody else? Exactly. Totally. And everyone's got that. And I just think, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think the industry, it's all about making those relationships and nurturing them. I was really lucky early on. I made two really close girlfriends that I'm really close with now that have been in the industry. Maxine. Maxine. Who was guest number two on this podcast. Oh, my God. Yes, she came and did um, – we did a live when I launched the podcast because I launched it at Melbourne Fashion Week. Yeah. Uh, 2022, last year. Um, she came and did like a live. I, we, I remember we saying that. so nervous. I was like <laughs> – and we were yeah. both like – we were like, oh, my God, we're doing this. But it was really chill and she pulled a fantastic audience. There was, like, girls there that just adored yeah, her and adore amazing. her work yeah. and stuff. She's so talented. Yeah. yeah, and it was so fun having her there. But absolutely, she was like, I've never done this before. Yeah. But it was, like, a year of yes. She's like, I'll do it. I'll yes, do it. okay, fine. Well, exactly. Um, and, like, yeah, and Jess, yeah. right? And Jess. Uh, yeah. Maxine and Jess, um, they befriended me so early on, like, super early on and they helped me navigate the industry as well Mm. and whenever I had questions I was like what does this mean like can I post for gifting and you know things Mm. like super taboo like not taboo super like just general questions they would help me so they were amazing so having a buddy in the industry really helps because they show you the ropes Mm. you know it's a different industry and now I love it it's great I get it (laughs) in terms of the brands and stuff that you work for Mm -hmm. were you always positioning yourself for luxury because I feel like you your style has always been yeah I I don't feel like I've ever it wouldn't make sense for you to do anything else yeah that's yeah so I mean of course I positioned myself to be in luxury but I feel like I've always even before social media I've always loved luxury or been a client for a luxury brand yeah um and dressed that way. Like mm. nothing's changed. My ha- my style hasn't changed. Maybe I've introduced a little bit more colour. Mm. <laughs> That's about it. So I think I was already naturally positioned that way, mm. I think. Um, but I always knew I just wanted to work with luxury brands in terms of like not always because I don't just work with luxury brands, mm. but in terms of like fashion and skincare and lifestyle, I mean – Everything's premium. I shouldn't say luxury. Yes, that's a better premium. way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Everything's a premium product. Everything is great. <laughs> that's the best way I can explain it. Like the clothes, yeah. amazing, so well made. You know, the skincare, great ingredients. You know, it's all premium. Mm. Like not necessarily all luxury. Like I work with Chemist Warehouse a lot, but that's because they have premium brands, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think I've just – I was just naturally positioned that way and now I just yeah, stuck to back it, to your to the ones when you guys were living in your old house mm. and it was just so weird that I know like I can picture it because it yeah. was so visual. Um, like the ones where you would be like, guys, I'm either going to wear these two pairs of pants, don't know which one, mm. put both of them on. I feel like you would have never pulled something out of the cupboard that wasn't 
yeah. premium because you naturally had that anyway. Because I, yeah, So your exactly. options, your positioning was already kind of done because it was you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. I'm like, I can't <laughs> no, but, but But I think it's important to know because listeners may be like, oh, well, I don't have those clothes. It's yeah. like, well, do you think that people should be working towards just what they know? I think it depends on what they want. Yeah. So I think if you want to get into the luxury space and you don't have the items already or you're not in a position to buy the items already, I think the best way, like what I would do if I was in that position is it's obviously, obviously these luxury brands are so expensive. Mm. Like, and don't get me wrong, I didn't have a closet full (laughs) of Chanel handbags and things like that, okay? (laughs) But what I would recommend is obviously with these fashion, I'm just going to talk about fashion Mm. now, obviously these fashion houses, they do, Seasons, they do runways, they do collections. Mm. If you're not purchasing the pieces, do like 10 TikToks on about the collection. Mm. Like look at what they've put out. If you love it, speak about it, show love to the brand. So, for example, they might post all of their runway runway ready photos from a runway they just did from Milan or whatever it may be. They've launched a new collection. Talk about it. Mm. Put your green screen on. Take that. <laughs> take that screenshot. Put your little and move yourself around. Yeah, and talk about it and say what you love about it. How you could see yourself wearing that, or even do things like if I was invited to a Louis Vuitton runway show, this is what I would wear yeah. for my wardrobe. Like you can still interact with luxury brands and premium brands by doing that. And I think it's important. Like I've heard two sides. Like. Some people say you need to buy Mm. for them to notice you. I think it obviously helps, but I completely understand that most people Mm. are not in a position to be dropping that much money on a handbag or a T-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't wasn't in that position as well as frequently as I probably do now before social media because Mm. now, you know, I have more disposable income than I did working for somebody else. So it changes, right? And I think what you can do is just talk about the brands. And then also if it is really, really something you want to get into luxury-wise, make it a goal. Put some savings. If you can, try and put some savings. Even if you're not buying a handbag, buy something that's entry-level, like, I don't know, cute little Mew Mew clip to put in your Mm. hair. Make a thousand videos on that. (laughs) Like not a thousand. Even the try-on culture is really good. Go into Mew Mew and try on pieces and be like, what's your favourite in store? Yeah, and how to style that. how to style that. Yeah. That People love that stuff. And I've seen people do it all the time. Like I do it sometimes. Like I was in Louis Vuitton the other day and I'm – posted a TikTok about a bag that there was no way I was buying. <laughs> Definitely couldn't afford it. But I was like, this bag is so cool. Yeah. What an amazing thing this brand has done. I am posting this. And you show love and they go, okay, well, they're obviously interested in the brand, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of, yeah. And that sort it. of gets you on their radar. So was you doing that kind of a strategy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I feel like now when I post everything, like a little bit of a strategy, yeah. there's always something behind it. When it's your business, you always have to yes. have some strategy behind it. I mean, I feel so lucky. I've worked with some insane mm. brands, like brands that I wouldn't have even, I just can't believe they know my name, let mm. alone That's want so to work nice. with me. It's 
it's like the most humbling thing ever. Um, so I've ticked off some major, like huge career milestones. Um, and you know, I, with some of those brands, I didn't own anything from them as well. So it's not yeah. like it's impossible. Like it is doable. You don't have to have something. Mm. And also I think with luxury brands, once you work with one, then they all want to work with yeah, you. Yeah, they're like, oh, she just did that with so-and-so. She did, yeah. Yes. Do you sometimes look at who's looking at your profile? I don't know how to do that. You get a little, like it's on the top right, there's like a little bunch of faces and you click on it and it tells oh, wait, you like stories? who's been looking. No, 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 on TikTok. It shows Stop. you. Like just who's been looking at your profile. Like, yeah. How <laughs> did you not know that? I didn't even know that. I mean, but, but you've got like so many people looking at you, obviously, so it's going to kind of be like, no, but masses. I didn't even know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, sorry. When I'm stalking people, they know. Yeah, they can see. <laughs> silly, silly. <laughs> no. I, she's more I'm deleting, <laughs> deleting everything. <laughs> I'm a stalker. I yeah. stalk. Great I stalk. Research, research. Research. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a stalker. <laughs> I love researching from afar. I love because <laughs> I get into like, like someone will come up on my for you page and I'll click on them and I'll be in a deep dive for an yeah, hour. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's oh my God, that is so fun. Okay, as soon as this is over. I'm okay, gonna... I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't check because okay. I didn't know you could. Okay. I I don't even check stories anymore on Instagram. I did when I launched KDJ, yes. my your business. I plug. <laughs> no, we're about to jump we're to about that. To plug. Don't worry, we're going. <laughs> I checked. I checked then. Yeah, because I I like to look. Of course. Um. So that was interesting, but yeah, it was great. I don't. Really, I don't really check. I don't. I just like. I actually post and don't really look for a while. And That's I, how it should be. I I actually don't consume as much content as I did before I started posting. Like now, I'll post. I might be like check out for the first five minutes interact and then I probably won't look at it for another two hours that's healthy because I just need that separation Mm. as well and also I just it's so unhealthy to be just like looking at the numbers yeah I don't think like that you can't it's so bad for you I went obviously went to everyone goes through that stage Mm -hmm. I obviously went through a stage where I was like oh my god this is flopping this is doing great and I was so stressed about it and now I think ever since I've just relaxed about it I'm performing better as well Mm. I want to ask about how open you are with some things, but then obviously PG because TikTok and yeah. and you're working with luxury brands, you can't be saying things that brands don't want to work with. Yeah. But like, for example, I'm inspired because you talked about your top lip injections. Really? Yes. Because I'm like, I want to do that. But then you're like, but it's, but, and I learned from you in that process yeah. because I didn't know what it would do to you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I want this to be symmetrical. I know that this yeah. should be a bit bigger. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So many people would be like, I would never talk about getting really? Botox. Yes. Do you think that's just innate? Did you choose just, to just did it? I just think like I will tell anyone that will listen about <laughs> the work I've done to my face just because it, it, we have to. Yeah. What do you mean? Like I I would hate for someone or one of my younger followers to yeah. look at me and be like, oh, my God, her forehead doesn't move, her lips are fluff or you know, have yeah. a bit of fullness to them. Why don't I? That would the like I don't yeah. like like I you know I've been there. I've compared myself to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> every single person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not like that anymore. Um, thank God, I'm much happier mm. because of it. 
But I would hate for someone to look at me and think, is she, that's natural. Yeah. You know, and like some people, for some people it is natural and that's great. But like, <laughs> I, not so much for me. <laughs> I have thin lips. <laughs> yeah. Get me that filler, you know, and I want to talk about it because it's, Every, like, so many people do it and mm. it's not a taboo topic. Like, who cares? I just don't think that is what we should be caring about. And I think, you know, as a female and having a platform and with all the crazy beauty standards and things like that, like, if I'm getting something done, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be knowing that. <laughs> like, so I, I've never, it's never crossed my mind to not share that stuff. I love that because I think most creators that are going in that luxury direction yeah. from a from the point of view of how we were raised mm. and kind of who we rub shoulders with yeah. socially, things are private. I know. Well, and it can yeah. be like that, you know? Yeah. It's funny you say that because I have this conversation with myself all the time. I'm like, obviously my content's super PG. Mm. And if you actually go through it, I don't really tell you much mm. about my life. I'm also sharing what I wear yes, and kind of what I do and just like where I eat. The, the day-to-day. Just yeah. the day-to-day, the really sort of surface-level stuff. Mm. I don't really talk anything about my family or like anything about anything because, like you said, everyone's really private. And I think I have this sort of not battle because I am actually a very, very private person. I don't like people knowing my stuff. Mm. I never have and I don't think I ever will. I don't like people talking about me like that. I don't care if they talk about me. They're like, oh, let's see what she wore yesterday. Like Mm-mm. horrendous. You know, I don't <laughs> mind that kind of stuff <laughs> because because I'm like, I look cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't mind that kind of stuff because it's trivial. Like it's not an attack on me. It's just yeah. they don't like my son. That's okay. Like we're not all going to love each other's style, right? But I feel I want to share more on my social media, but I also can't physically, like it makes, I'm a highly anxious person, Mm. which a lot of people are surprised to hear about. I don't know. I think I have like high functioning anxiety. Like don't quote me on this. I haven't been. I think I also have the same thing. Yeah. yeah, You you know what I mean? Like I get anxious over everything, but I feel like I'm really good at hiding it. Um, and I actually am such a recluse. Like if I don't have plans, I will prefer to stay home yeah. by myself, be in my four walls. And I just think I always look at other creators, especially creators in America, I mm. find, and I know I'm generalizing here, but just just work with me. They are so much more giving in terms of like giving. They share, they share depth, more. Yeah. They, mm. they like put themselves crying, having a bad day. Um, and tell their community what's going on in their life. And I love that. Like I follow people Mm. who do that because I feel connected to them. But I can't do that. I just can't do that. And I want to be able to do that, but I can't. And also because, you know, my family's very private. Mm. Louis' family's very private. You know, we're all, it's a very private sort of circle. And I just, I would hate to ever say something that would also someone else close to me be like why did you like I really didn't want you to share that Mm. you know like for example I can talk about now because it's been a year last year when we went away to Europe and our friend got into that horrible accident no like no one knew that happened yeah like even when I got home Chelsea was like oh my god how was your trip was amazing I was like it was great but like it was fucked. Mm. Can I swear on this? Yes. It was fucked like our friend nearly died yeah she was like oh my gosh I had no idea yeah and you know, 
I chose not to share that because that's not my news to share. Mm. But I feel like a lot of other people in that position would share that because they're op- more open with their community. Yeah, and they'd be like, please be careful. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm i okay sharing stuff about like what I get done to my face, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I wear, if I like a restaurant, if yes. I don't like it, things like that. Yeah. But when it comes to like my personal life, I really try and keep it private. Also, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older as well. Mm. Like I'm married. I do want to have kids in the future and I just want to be mindful of what's out there on the internet. Even the way that you've declined sharing uh, like a house tour and stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's impressive the way that you have tailored it to, to work. Yeah, and I know, and you know, but, you know, my audience is amazing. Like mm. I want to be them when I grow up. You know, I feel like my audience is just chic women that respect their boundaries and, well, not just women, but, mm. you know, people that respect their boundaries and I just, you know, this is who I am. I need to love myself. I mm. can't compare myself to other people. And they're just sort of going through life, not taking it too seriously and just enjoying themselves. Mm. And they're hardworking, you know, I list on forever but they're amazing and they're amazing with me because when I said that I'm not going to give a house tour in our old place and in our new place Mm. there's no fuss they get it they're Mm. like we 100% get it you're just taking care you know you're just being safe and I'm not saying like I'm this super famous person like I'm not it's not about that it's more I just feel weird people knowing the intricate details Mm. of my home and the function of the floor plan because you hear crazy stuff all the time and it was even like when I was traveling and people like where are you staying and I always shared the hotel where I was staying after I left yeah and I think one one time when I was in Bodrum one of my videos got on the wrong side of TikTok because people were like you think you're so famous like you don't care what you're saying and like (laughs) like it's travel advice like Like, relax it's relax relax it's not that deep um so you know I got that but usually all the time everyone like gets it they get it and and my audience before I even left they were like let us know where you're staying after you leave like they're amazing they get the vibe they understand it it's a fine line and I think it's so personal Mm. what people choose to share but I do love the way that you do that like even on this podcast I let People know broad strokes of what's going on yeah. because I think it's still important as a creative. Duh, it's called Process the Podcast. <laughs> we show up in our own unique ways. As a creator and a creative individual, we are more emotionally inclined than others. Yes. And a lot of the time whatever we're going through will then be regurgitated out and, and put into the work. 100%. And it's really obvious to me now why, like, do you believe in the universe and, like, things coming your oh way God. for a reason? Yes. So now doing this breast cancer documentary that I've been on for the past four months, the way that I have met these couples and are working with these women and understand hardships and everything, mm. the universe probably gave me that project so that I could expand my lens out of what was going on in my own personal life that I am still dealing with. And there are things going on. And a lot of people know on the podcast that like, oh, Ariel's not necessarily having a rough time right now, but there's some stuff Mm. that like she's processing and moving through. So without naming anything in particular, I just kind of put themes as umbrellas of like chapters in my life. Yeah. 
And I think that that helps the listeners to to be like, there's something happening here, but the 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 work ethic doesn't stop because you can't stop. You can't yeah. obviously fall off the bandwagon. And I literally just say sometimes, hey guys, not putting it up now. So this Sunday because I am yeah. on the floor yeah. and I don't have the capacity to do it, and that's understandable. But hundred percent to what you were saying in the first part of this, you would be thinking what Catherine 10 years from now would want. Exactly. That is so important to be like, what do I share? What don't I share? Yeah. And I think, you know, and I'm not saying that if you are a creator who shares everything, that it's bad. No way am I saying Yeah, that. each to their own. Each to their own. But for me personally, like I have to have that sort of boundary mm. because I have low days, you mm. know, and I know I don't share that, but that's because I want my Instagram or TikTok to sort of be a place where people can just go zone out and just look at nice things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just what's she wearing today? What's she doing today? Yeah. Like I don't – I because I like to follow people that keep it positive. Yeah. But I completely respect people who show everything because mm. it takes so much – takes so much for you to do that. Mm. It really does and takes so much confidence to post that and put that out there. So I see both sides, but for me, I know that in 10 years, Mm. I don't want, I will not want that out there. And also like I'm, I can, I'm, am, I can, I am, I am a very emotional person Mm. at times. And I feel like sometimes when I'm emotional, I say things or do things that aren't a reflection of me. Mm. And I never want to put that. I don't I don't want to like put myself in a situation like that. Like it's just unnecessary. Like I yeah. just think that kind of stuff is just something I need to deal with yeah. personally. So yeah. It was interesting. I did like a unboxing of a skims set that mm-hmm. I got and it was the first time I did an unboxing on my TikTok. And it was at a phase where I was like, I'm gonna post on TikTok more. So Why I not? In my head, I imagined that I, it would be one video of like three or four videos that week. Yeah. And I unboxed it and was like, hey, guys, I was feeling a bit low and I wanted like a cozy, feel better set. So yeah. I ordered this skim set and then I life happened to me and I didn't post for the rest of that like month or mm. something. And Steph and Laura from upstairs at Kit, keep it clean yeah. up, they follow me both on um, TikTok and they were like, oh, I hope you're okay. And it because it was isolated in time, yeah. it felt like I'd posted it just because I felt low, yeah. not because I was like unboxing but for context, yeah. was feeling low, treated myself. And now I'm like, should I fucking delete that because now my page feels depressing. <laughs> I know. Well, it's sort of like that, right? Yeah, because when the content's in isolation, it's like yeah. I didn't want it to be, like, to be that. like that. So It's so yeah. tricky. It's very tricky. I mean, I do post that. I think it's super important we like we you know, talk about mental health and things like that. And I obviously have a really bad anxiety and I do post about that. Yeah, but you posted about meditation at the start of yeah. the year and coping, right? And coping. Mm. So, but if I'm going to post about things I'm struggling, so I struggle with anxiety, so I post how I'm going to help myself. Mm. I don't share when I'm feeling, when I'm about to have a panic attack. I'll try if I want to talk about it just to sort of give you know, my audience like, no, it's like it's not all hunky, hunky-dory mm-hmm. all the time, right? And if I am going to post something so, like, I don't want to say sad, but 
when I'm feeling low, something a bit lower mm. than my usual content, I always like to try and post it in a way that, okay, I'm low, but how am I going to get out of this? Mm. Because that way my audience can look at this and if they're feeling low, they can use these tools to feel better. Yeah. So I want, if I am going to post like that and share a little bit of that, then I want it to be sort of a, not an educational piece because mm. I'm by no means a doctor and know what works, but just things that I find that like small things like, mm journaling, talking to a friend, things like that that I can share, of course. Like little tools. Little tools mm. just to use every day. Then, of course, I'm going to post about that. But in terms of like family things and things like that, like I just will no, not no, be no. posting. But I, I love just that. Be sharing. I think yeah. it's great that mm. that's input into play. Yeah. We need to talk about the new business because I'm so excited for you. When did you're a reverse engineer? Yeah. Did you know that this personal brand would then eventually help you launch your own thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, talk me through how long have you been in development for Catherine Denton Jewelry? Proper development since probably the start of this year. So, when, like, like, when did you register the name? <laughs> like, three days ago. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, as in like on the Instagram? No, like to the government. Oh, to the government, like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Which it's so fresh. If you're it. which if you're if you're thinking about launching a business, I highly recommend you do it. It's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> um I actually originally didn't want to call Katie J after my name. Why? I I just I wanted it to be bigger than me. Right. Um, not to say that it's not going to be bigger than me because it's named after my name, but mm. I refer to it as KDJ. KDJ wasn't available on Instagram or for a URL. So Instagram is Catherine Denton Jewelry, mm-hmm. and then my URL is kdjewelry.com. Mm-hmm. But everything else is KDJ. And I have, as soon as I knew I was going, because I was working in advertising for a property portal and I loved the company I worked for. I loved my colleagues. I loved the guys who run it. It was nothing to do with that. It was more the industry. I just didn't like the industry. I was working there. I was there for just over three years and I remember it was during like 2019. I was so depressed. I was like, is this going to be me in the next 10 years? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, is this who I want to be in the next 10 years? And I was like, no. I need to do something. And I was like, if I'm going to change careers, it has to be something that I love. I've done a career for that was money-driven and now I'm changing careers because it's passion-driven. So I changed into jewellery and, well, yeah, fine jewellery. And I remember, you know, I was on like, it was like I had to take the biggest salary cut ever, Mm. but I was so happy. I was really, I was so much happier. Yeah, I could obviously still afford to pay my bills and things mm. like that, but I had less disposable income, let's say that. Mm. I had way less disposable income, but I was so much happier because I was doing something that I loved. Mm. And when I entered that industry and I started studying and I got my job and I was started working and probably studying in it, I, I just knew. I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is you me. Love it. Yeah. I love that's it. That's so good. It's my life. You know, that's all I want. Like it 
launching this business mm. i haven't launched yet but about to launch this business and announcing it and working on it behind the scenes i've been the happier i've never been happier like this has been one of the happiest years of my life because of this business because i'm so proud of it and it's just there's so much tears and sweat and love what do they say yeah. love sweat and tears blood, sweat, blood, tears, blood, sweat yeah. tears put into it and um it's just this is this is what I want. You can tell you're like full beaming. I, I, <laughs> ear I to just, ear green. I get so emotional thinking about it and talking about it because Aww. this is like my life. Yeah. This is what I want, and I uh, all, all I want to do is connect. I love connecting with people, yeah. and to be able to connect with them and create pieces for them that they're going to have forever and be part of their story and their journey like, like forever pieces forever pieces you know i'm currently working with two girlfriends on their wedding bands and i get to be a part of that really special piece that they're yeah. gonna have forever they're gonna look down on it obviously it's not about me daily yeah. but it's so nice as a friend not even as a friend just as someone working with a client that i have no personal relationship to i get so excited because i remember how excited and happy i was when i got engaged and like i said earlier I think I was talking about it in the podcast or it may have been when we were just chatting. The process of the wedding yeah. is what I love to follow because I love hearing about people's journeys, their stories, mm. how they met, how they got engaged. And I just love jewellery. I'm a very creative person. Like I, I, all I think about is jewellery designs. All I think about is like, okay, what am I coming up with next? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I don't even have words. I just, I'm so, I feel, I'm so happy I've gotten to this point, but I'm so happy I've pushed myself to this point. Yeah. I caught up with an old colleague on Monday and she was actually the first person I spoke to in the jewelry industry who helped me get my foot in the door. And it was so crazy just sitting there like opposite each other. And she was like, I'm just so proud of you. She's yeah. been in the industry way longer than I have. And she's just like, you really said, I want to be here and you're here and you're doing the damn thing. And she's like, and you're, you're following your passion. Like how yeah. many people get to, I feel so lucky that I get to say I'm doing what I love and mm. not many people get to do that. It's no, like, you kind of forget. Yeah. Like when you do it and you're on the tools, a lot of creative people do that mm. and they're chasing something, but because creativity and doing your own thing and being an entrepreneur comes with so much blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. You kind of only really think about the problems day to day and yeah. like the, how many fires am I putting out? Okay. Totally. What are we doing? We're doing yeah. a big launch, la la la. But it's very rare that you sit back and you're like, hang on a second. Whoa. Like I am here. I have yeah. arrived. And these problems that I'm dealing with are the problems of a person that's arrived. <laughs> and I can deal with that, yeah. you know, and I'm taking one day at a time. I'm mm. I'm not stressed. I feel a little overwhelmed, but I'm running off so much adrenaline and excitement mm. that I just this the problems that come, I'm just like, okay, that's a problem. How am I gonna deal with that? Let's mm -hmm. move on. Because you can never predict like you know what it's like starting a business. The just the 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 costs that you don't even budget for, mm. just small things like that. Everything's delayed. Everyone else is on their own timeline. There's just a lot mm. to do. But when you find a team, like the people that I've worked with for the shoots and my web developers, I just dream team. Like so they're nice. amazing. And I couldn't have like turned this around as quickly as I have without them. And, you know, it, it's, it's been amazing. But 
I've always, as soon as I entered the industry, I've wanted to launch my own fine jewelry business. I had, I didn't really think I was going to do it this quickly Mm. just because I didn't think I was going to find the right jeweler to work with because I am so crazy (laughs) with that kind of thing. And I think that's why, like, when I announced it, I was just, like, blown away with the support and just, like, I knew it was going to be received well Mm. because it makes sense. It's not... It's not like a random thing I've pulled from thin air. Yeah. Like everyone knows that's my passion. Everyone knows mm. I work in the industry. I study in the industry. Like that is Catherine Denton. Yes. She is fine. Fine jewelry is her thing. So everyone was so supportive. But it wasn't just the, my community that was su- so supportive beyond belief. They were incredible. But it was also people in the creative space. I've had so many people reach out with their portfolios being like, I want to collaborate with you. I want to do your campaign shoot. I've had people who work at other really established fine jewelry houses that are amazing that we all know and love reach out and send me their resume (laughs) because they want to work for me. It's just been the most insane experience. And I'm just like, I'm so it's, I can't speak. I don't know. It's so nice. I feel so humbled. I just, I'm so glad people can see how, how just like how real this is, you know, it's a real thing. Like this is a real passion of mine and to be able to do it, I just, I really, it's a dream come true. But I think it's because, you know, we sort of touched on like the universe Mm. and things happening at the right time. And I wouldn't say I practice manifesting but I always look at myself in 10 years' time and I try and think of where I want to be in 10 You've years' time. You've been very intentional. I'm very intentional with mm. my time. I'm very intentional with what I do and all of those things. And I think that's really helped me get to where I am today now as quickly as I have. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's great. Process-wise, mm. have you been drawing the pieces? How many pieces are you launching with? I'm launching with three pieces. I've already designed a lot more. But are you I'm going only to be seasonal? Like how are you going to bring out collections? I'm just kind of going to drop it whenever I feel like it. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to go. I will be doing like I will be coming out with collections, but I've designed a few other pieces that I will just be like drip feeding. Mm-hmm. But I'm launching with three core pieces and that is my initial necklaces. Mm-hmm tennis necklace and my signet ring and I'm launching with those three because they're those three are the three course three core pieces that I wear every day and people have seen me wear every day mm-hmm. for the better they half make of the a most year. sense as well they make the most sense and I don't really I don't really want to just launch with everything I want to take it slow mm. I want to do it properly and it just made the most sense to me to launch with these three pieces but I have you know I have so many services that come with it. Like I do bespoke, I do engagement rings and I do wedding bands. So if a client wants an engagement ring or needs someone to source them a stone, like I do that. Mm. So it's tangible, ready to wear product products, three, but in different variations. Mm-hmm. So tennis necklaces, I've got three different variations. So mm-hmm. I've got the one I wear every day, one that's a smaller carat weight that's like this graduated, and then also just um, a really thin sort of four-core set tennis necklace. Mm-hmm. And then for signet rings, 
obviously any type of gold, 18 karat yellow gold, 9 karat yellow gold, rose gold, white gold, etc. You can have it with the diamond initial or without the diamond initial and we can engrave it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all very customizable because it's all made to order. Yeah. And it's all handmade here in Melbourne, which I'm so proud to be able to say it's that. It's so nice which is so nice. And it just means I have so much control over everything because I get to QC everything. My jewelers in the city and I'm there every single day. I'm so involved with mm. everything with this business. Like nothing gets past me. Yeah. <laughs> which I think you need like, to. Yeah. Have. Yeah, absolutely. Especially be. in the, you're not, you're selling diamonds. I don't like know. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. People, and it's an experience. When of you're course. doing something at such a high cost point like the price point of that needs to be perfect of course so I get it and of course you need to put that foot forward exactly so but it's also very you to do that (laughs) so it works you know it's It's like very very, me yeah Yeah, exactly that like yeah so when you're drawing when you're designing I should say Mm -hmm. like engagement pieces and all that how does the literal process start do you draw it so I draw it I literally have I have a book it's Mm -hmm just uh, blank pages and I draw. I am the worst drawer <laughs> ever. It is not like these drawings. I don't show my clients these drawings. I don't show them these drawings. <laughs> it's more to just get what I'm seeing visually in my head, yeah. pen to paper. And when I look at it, I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And then I explain it to my jeweler and I'm like, this is how it needs to be. This is what it looks like. And then the jewelers that I'm working with have been in the industry for 50 plus years. They're, yeah. they're artisans. They, I wouldn't trust anyone else <laughs> yeah. to make this fine, these, this kind of jewelry. Yeah. Right. And they'll say, okay, well, we need to do this to make it more secure. You know, they are doing all the functionality of it. Yeah. I'm coming to them with how I want it to look and mm-hmm. they're making sure it's obviously functional and safe. Mm-hmm. So the process for me is I'll have that consultation with my client mm-hmm. And then we'll go back and forth. I'll get an idea of what they want. They'll send me some inspiration images. Sometimes my clients will be like, you have full creative freedom, Mm. which I just had recently. And that's amazing, but also scary because- Terrifying. When you've got no rules, you're like- You've got no rules. (laughs) I know, exactly. So- we start off with the initial consultation and then I usually take a few days depending on how busy I will be or a week and I'll start drawing pieces and I'll come back with two options. I don't like to give too many options because I feel like it overwhelms people, mm. but I can sort of gauge on what they like when they show me their inspiration pictures. So I go off that. And then I also always like to give it my own little, you know, Katie flair. Mm. So that's how it works. And then after I present them, I'll do a CAD. So a CAD is essentially like a, um, how can I explain it? Like a it's like a text. 2D yeah, image 2D, yeah. that gives you an idea on what the piece will look like because everything, because custom I obviously don't have mm-hmm. stock lying around. It's custom made. And then I'll show the client that if they want to alter anything, I'll alter it. If they don't, if it's perfect, then I'll put it into production and then they'll have the finishing piece. So yeah, it's pretty, it's like a, it's like a three-step kind of thing. Mm. So virtual consultation, I design. Would you ever do it in person? Yes, of course. I just need to find a showroom space so I can yeah, invite people over. To be like, oh, yeah. Welcome. I've been meeting people at like cafes for coffee and things like that, yeah. but that's only if I have sort of a personal relationship with them or they're mm-hmm. an acquaintance or someone I know has put them forward to me. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And I also haven't launched yet. Mm -hmm. So it's just really people I know because I don't have my packaging all finalized. I'm like, I can make it for you, but I'm going to send you the packaging when it's finalized kind of thing. And I don't really want to do that to clients. Yeah. You know, friends, they get it. So the goal is to, I'm looking, like Mm -hmm. I am looking to find a showroom space. It's only, it's going to be private appointment only. Yes, they can look at the ready-to-wear pieces like tennis necklaces and the initial necklaces, but that will be more online. It's mm-hmm. more for like my brides, for their wedding bands, engagement rings, and for clients that want to make something bespoke that mm. they've seen. I obviously can't directly copy it, but, you know, they can show me an inspiration picture and then yeah. I can come up with an alternative to what I think would be really nice for them. When I have m- meetings with like whoever it may be, They're always virtual. Mm. I understand that obviously it's fine jewelry and it's a different price point, but the service that I am providing, I actually don't have anything physically to show you. So we can do that virtual consultation. It'd be different if I was like a retailer um, and I had all this like beautiful pieces ready to go. Fabrics and stuff to show. Yeah, exactly, which I don't have. And I don't know, you know, never say never, but that's not – that's not really on my agenda for the mm-hmm. next couple of years for KDJ. I don't think it needs to be. Yeah. I just want to keep it really like boutique Do you think that you're in, would we call you an influencer or a content creator? What do you call yourself? I have never referred to myself in, as an influencer, but I think that's, but I don't want to be part of the problem <laughs> of people. <laughs> I don't want to be part of the problem of being shame to call myself an influencer even though content creators and influencers you know there's so much debate are they the same thing are they different I think they are both they both coincide they're both the same right you're an influencer and you're a content creator at the Mm. same time um but it just gets such a bad word like people like ugh, influencer yeah and I just don't want to be part of that so yeah influencer and content creator do you think that your work will take a hit because you're focused on this new venture I think if it takes a hit, it will be because of me. It'll mm. be because I'll be saying no to more. I can, I've already been saying no to more. <laughs> I haven't even mm. launched. I had a meeting with my manager and she was like, okay, so how do you want to do this? Because, you know, I can see already. Mm. What, I'm already so selective mm. and now I'm even being more selective purely because of time, yeah. not because I don't want to work with the, with the brand. It's purely because of time. If I've already said yes to X, Y, and Z, I'm like, I actually cannot physically mm. create that. And I know it might look when influencers post like a video or a photo, it's just a photo and a video, but creating content is, it's, it's not hard. It's mm. just time consuming. Yes. It takes a lot and a lot of time. You know what? I, I'm, I don't want it to take a hit because I love, I love doing it. Mm. I still, while I'm running KDJ, I still want to be creating content for yeah. other brands. 100%. I'm not launching KDJ so I can completely stop creating content for other brands. That's not what I'm doing. Well, they're, they're successful content too. Exactly. Um, but I think I will find naturally that I only can take less on because I'm just going to be so busy mm. just launching that and putting all my effort into that, I think. With your experience in gifting and all of that, mm. how do you – think that you'll spread the word and work with other content creators, influencers and the Australian market at such a high price point? I'm kind of so glad you asked this question just because I feel like there was this time where, and it was recently where everyone was like, influencer marketing is dead Mm. and saying all this stuff. And 
I don't. I just completely disagree. Mm. And I'm not just saying this because, like, I can. I feel like I can say this now because I have a business, but I'm also obviously on that side. But I've seen, you know, as an influencer, you can see your analytics, you can see mm. your conversions, and now being a business owner. Influencer marketing is one of the things that's on top of my list mm. to get the word out. It just is so different with my situation because it's obviously fine jewelry and I don't want to be gifting people thousands of dollars worth of product. Not that I don't want to be, it's more that I can't. Yeah. It's not like I'm just I'm sending them a box of moisturizers, right? Yes. Which is still amazing to receive. It's just a different price point, mm-hmm. right? And you've got stock on hand to be able to send that moisturizer. Yeah, it's made to order. Very tricky. It's made to order. So I am not going to be doing any gifting upon launch. Mm-hmm. I'll look into it. I've got a few people I have in mind, but a lot of them aren't Australian. I actually really want to launch heavy in internationally, mm-hmm. um, which I won't go into. That's like a whole other podcast. Like actually going international with it. Yeah. I really, not to say that Australia is not primarily my focus because mm-hmm. it absolutely is. Like we're Melbourne made. I'm a Melbourne female founder. I'm proud to be Australian and I'm proud to have it made in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It will always, this will always be my home and I will always want to be the for, the, at the forefront of the fine jewelry business here in Australia. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of when I'm thinking of gifting and for that extra eyes, I actually have like my community demographic, it's like 30% Australian and the rest is all international. Really? Yeah. So I have to have international shipping when I launch. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the option not to. The people that I'm thinking of are like celebrity status. Yeah, okay. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I I am the type of person that, you know, when people send – influences their products and they get annoyed if they don't post or whatever it is. Like there are so many different situations in that. I know that the people that I'm going to be sending it to, there is a 95% chance that they're not going to post it. Right. But I'm so fucking delusional. Are we talking about the Kardashians right now? Uh, (laughs) Not not the the Kardashians. Maybe Kendall because I feel like she'd be cute with a KJ around her neck. Definitely, yes. But like that kind of status, yeah. Like running in that circle, okay. Um, I mean, it'd be amazing, but I know that ninety five. There's a chance that they won't post it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm so proud of my product mm-hmm. that I'm just like, whoever gets it, surely they're just gonna love it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good way to think or not. Yeah. But I just and and if they don't post it, that's fine because maybe they'll post it in six months. Maybe, you maybe know, they'll be snapped with it maybe on they'll and- be snapped with it on. I just, I just try and like live my life with such an open mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've seen small brands get on these people where these brands for, why wouldn't I, you know, I don't like to, yeah, I don't like actually to speak about my business as a small brand. I don't like using that kind of language, but I've seen new brands, mm-hmm. sorry, I should say new brands be worn by these people. Like, if someone else can do it, then I can do it. And that's how I like to think of everything. And that's how I like to, that's how I thought of with TikTok. If someone else can do this, I can do it. If, if that person is working with this client that I want to work with, I can do it because they can do it. Yeah. Like it's possible because they will work with creators or they will work with new brands. And that's how I like to think about things. I don't like thinking, oh my gosh, 
it's Kendall Jenner, you know, <laughs> there's no way. Which, yes. Which obviously, way. which obviously I think like that, mm. but I try to program my mind to think, oh my God, it's so cute. Like yeah. you should love it yes. kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm doing there's it a now. brand that I'm talking to at the moment to sign on from September 1st and they're a kids wear brand and they're, they've blown up because the Kardashians wear the kid, all the kids Amazing. wear this stuff and it's based in Melbourne East. Like it's so doable. You just don't know. Mm. And this is why I do love social media. Like the the internet petrifies me. It <laughs> petrifies me. Like I wake up with anxiety like every morning. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's such an incredible way to connect with people and to grow your business. Yeah. And also to see what you can do. For example, when I go into the fine jewelry business, of fine jewelry industry, sorry, I was like, how am I going to make this business? And I saw other people on Instagram making it into a business, Mm. like doing what I'm doing, you know, having their clients coming out with ready-to-wear pieces. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I can do this. Like that's my way I'm going to start my fine jewelry business. And if I didn't have social media, I wouldn't think it would be a possibility Yeah, because I feel like when you think of fine jewelry, you look at all these incredible brands that have been established for years or even brands that just have shop fronts and they Mm. have all this stock and you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. But because of social media, it's sort of given me another another set of eyes, I suppose, to see there are different ways to start a business and not just in the fine jewelry space. You can be with anything. And I think that's why and I think that's also, you know, coincides with social media and being an influencer and a content creator. It's never too late. There is enough jobs and money for all of us. Yeah. And I think everyone just needs to be like supporting each other and uplifting each other in the creator mm-hmm. space because we all have imposter syndrome. A hundred percent. All the time. I get it all the time. And uh, yeah, I like, you know, for example, I'm, I've worked with, and I'm still working with Tiffany and co. Like, what do you mean I'm working with Tiffany and co? Like, right? so how amazing. does that even happen? And the only reason why I I didn't even think they worked with influencers on, yeah. content, on content creators. I knew they worked with celebrities, but I didn't. I was like, again, delusional. I was like, <laughs> I've seen someone else work with them. Like, yeah. they're going to work with me. Like, still can't believe they work with me. And yeah. it that is that was crazy, crazy, crazy milestone stuff for me. And even you know, Bulgari and other brands, like yeah. amazing. Mm. But they're just little things that I've noticed that social media have showed me, no, this person's doing it, you can do it. But you can also be happy for that person who's doing it as well. You don't have mm. to be like, oh, they got that job, I didn't get the job. Be like, oh, my God, they got that job. That means I can get it next time because they want to work such with a good content creators and influencers. And that's the way I think about everything. I try to. I mean, you can only try. <laughs> I'm launching something September 1st in beta called Text Talk. Oh my God, amazing. And it is a platform where every day at 10 a.m. Yeah. you get texted a the latest TikTok trend so that you don't have to spend the hours finding it. That is such a good idea. Thank you. And how to use it. Like basically, yeah, how, yeah essentially it's a text message with how to use it. But the majority of the messaging behind it is that it's literally just to hype you up remind you that you're not alone yeah. and get out of your own way. I love We're that. not in high school anymore. No. We're not living by the rules of people watching and even you mentioned that you were in COVID so it felt mm. like people weren't looking. Yeah. And if you think about the scale of 
social media. You've got the girl on a Facebook group that finds this, um, that finds text talk and she has a candle business mm. and she hasn't made herself for two weeks. TikTok could potentially blow up her 100%. brand all the way to a fake tan brand that we all know and love, social media manager, a little bit shy to put work out there, show the founder and be like, I made a TikTok from scratch because social media managers are now expected to be creators. Even though they weren't hired to do that, they're just really organised and great schedulers. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's hand-holding 101. So I'm launching that and, and a course, I think, because much like you looking at what you do and how you can actually do that, I've seen people online be like, great, well, I'm a filmmaker or I'm a this yeah. and now I'm going to sell my own whatever's, but more so I don't want people to feel alone yeah. in the... Because oh, it's lonely. An, it's very lonely. So lonely. Because you're doing everything by yourself, you know. You're 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 behind the laptop 95% of the time. Mm. And when you are shooting, maybe someone's helping you or you self-shoot. I do a lot of self-shooting. Mm. You're editing it by yourself unless you have a team. To be like, is this good? Like, yeah, how do I do you're it? You're doing it all by yourself. So I think yeah. that's such a good idea. I just want – I feel like the time is now, as you okay. mentioned, like, and yeah. for people with these platforms and stuff, I'm seeing so many of my own clients thrive mm. on TikTok and they're even – like the TikToks are doing better than the cinema camera work that we're doing. Everyone just wants raw, unfiltered content. Yeah. Like when, I'm, yeah, I'm not running away from that. A lot no. of directors are like, "Oh wow, like you're doing TikTok now," and it's yeah. like, "No, no, I, yes, I am." But that's yeah. actually where the media and where consumers want and where they're going. Exactly. So full leaning into that. Um, let's remind everyone to get out of their own way. Yes. Text talk will be live the beta September first. Oh my gosh. KDJ is live when? Do you have the date? Are you saying the date? I'm. I have. <laughs> I haven't said the date. I'm pushing for August 29th. Okay. I, I I haven't even I haven't announced that or anything. I am like pushing pushing for that. So when's this coming out? We'll put this out next Sunday, which will be a couple of days before. A couple of days before. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the end of August. <laughs> Let's just say um, start of September. Start, yeah. No, I'm I'm sticking yeah, to my okay. guns. <laughs> Even if people are not in the market for fine jewelry mm-hmm. right now, I'm in the growth phase of, of my the bleh, I'll speak <laughs> the growth phase of my business. There's no fucking way I can afford diamonds. Hundred percent. If you're listening to this podcast, get behind this woman. Like the beam <laughs> and the look on your face when you talk about this business. Holy shit! And. I'm not in the market to buy diamonds at this current stage <laughs> of my life, but I'm going to be in the trenches with you watching because I'm so happy for you. Thank it's you. so great. And just you deserve it. You deserve the world. You do because do, but you work you. so hard yeah. and it's not unnoticed. Thank you. That's so Oh nice. my god, love fest. <laughs> love she's love bombing me. <laughs> Isn't love bombing when you do it and then you take it and away? Take I'm away, not taking yeah. it Don't away. Take Don't it worry. Away. I'm going to be there. I will be there in the trenches. Um, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. You, you and I would me. never get to have an hour. I mean, we've been on an hour and a half. You and I would <laughs> never chat without like picking up our phones or like whatever. I know. I'm obsessed it's with so this. so special. I love it. <laughs> um, go and check out Catherine Denton Jewelry and go and check out Text Talk. Love you all. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
You can find Catherine Denton on socials at Catherine S. Denton. Catherine is with a K. And to find her new jewellery brand, search Catherine Denton Jewellery. Catherine with a K. We covered so much in that conversation. I have never been more inspired to jump onto my socials and just post and build an audience. KDJ is now live and text talk beta has since been and gone since posting this episode. But honestly, I learned so much in that beta. It kind of sounds a bit techy and like Silicon Valley to do a beta. But if you're thinking of offering something like via text message reaching a certain audience, I cannot recommend a beta enough. If you're curious about learning more about where Text Talk is at and it sounds like something that you want to join, jump over to Tom Projects for the latest updates or DM me. Let's just chat. This is the end of season three. What a season. Thank you so much for being here. I really really appreciate it. I cannot wait to bring you into season four. We have some big things cooking for you. I'll give you a hint. Most of our recording will be in Sydney and it will be in October. In the meantime, DM me with anything and everything, creativity or not, boys, girls, whatever you want to chat about, ideas, growing your business, how to do things on TikTok, how to get seen as an artist, reverse engineering, literally anything. I'm here for it. Let's chat. Let's keep growing together. I will see you in a month.